June is Pride Month when the world's LGBTQ communities come together and celebrate the freedom to be themselves. Pride gatherings are rooted in the artist history of minority groups who have struggled for decades to overcome prejudice and be accepted for who they are. Today we are joined by our dear friend Tisha Bailey from Daya Houston. Daya is a Houston-based nonprofit whose mission is to empower South Asian survivors of sexual and domestic violence through culturally specific services. So let's kick off Pride Month together now. Hi. Welcome, yes. Tisha. So nice to have you back. Thank you. It's always so lovely to be here in this space with y'all. I feel like we just have so many wonderful conversations. Yes. And just, you know, Daya really appreciates having this platform to spread education to people, you know, throughout Houston. Yeah. And happy Pride Month, everyone. Yes. I know it's an exciting month. Yeah. Full of color and right. love. Yeah, I've been actually seeing a lot of like the uh, colorful merchandise I've seen in uh, Target. I think a couple of other stores, so it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah, guess, right? yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's such a great um, effort by, you know, the whole community to actually get the messaging out there that we support and love everyone the way that they, they are, are and, and they're the free to be who to be. they are. Yes, yeah. exactly. So what is Pride Month and why is it celebrated in June? Oh, so this is a very, I mean, it's such a rich historical question, right? Because Pride Month actually um, started, it it was hap- it started a year after the 1969 Stonewall riots. Okay. So Pride Month actually began in 1970. Okay. But in 1969 in New York, um, you know, there were like a quaint few um, bars where the LGBTQ community could come in and gather and be themselves. Because at that point, the government and society was very homophobic and okay. it was illegal to be who you were and to love oh. who you wanted to love. So, you know, for the longest time, marriage wasn't legalized. But even yeah. back then, being with somebody was, yeah. you know, illegal. And so um, in 1969, a lot of riots began after the police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was a very predominant and historical gay bar where for years and decades, people were gathering and supporting each other through like numerous issues. So for six days, there was a very like large and violent sort of riot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then... Once, you know, they overcame all of that and people were free to be who they wanted to be after those riots. Um, In 1970, Mm -hmm. people wanted to start celebrating the the you know, major efforts of people in 1969. So beginning 1970 in June, every year we've celebrated Pride Month to sort of um, honor those who really fought for the rights of the LGBTQ community. That's amazing. I had no idea that it's been there for that long. Mm -hmm. I guess because we've been hearing about it more recently. Right, right. Right. Yeah. And so there's a, it's such a... um, 
it's a fun fact that I like to yeah. tell people because I think I I'm I feel the same way where yeah. I didn't even know about Pride Month yeah. until I was in college yeah. and then I was really confused. I was like, how has this been going on for so, so long? long and, and I'm yeah. just finding out yeah. about it. Yeah. And um I think that's uh, that's also we have to shout out the LGBTQ community yeah. for like advocating every single year to have a seat at the table to make themselves known in the community yes. to spread awareness and to give support to those who are maybe freshly you know coming yeah. out and recognizing who they are yes that's amazing so how did pride really start so uh this is another really um fun thing that I like to talk about and I learned about this in college. So Pride actually began with the civil rights movement. Oh. Um so folks were fighting for freedom to be, you know, yeah. a colored person yeah, in the right. United States. And along with that, the protesters were also fighting for equality of sexes, yeah. equality of, you know, different colored people, equality for people of different sexual orientations and gender identities. So really the tactics that were used in 1969, the types of protesting, you know, silent protesting, gathering, um, you know, and walking the streets, making themselves known actually began because of the way that the civil rights movements happened and gathering in the same way and making sure that it was as least violent as it could be because of how the civil rights, you know, leaders yeah. led their protests as well. Yeah. So um, the that's why I feel like there are so many intersections in just the way that us, you know, as minorities yeah. gain yeah. freedom, right. also how like the lgbtq Cuba community oh. also gained freedom yeah that is very interesting <laughs> <laughs> so who can celebrate or participate in celebrating pride month everyone i think there are a lot of people who believe that um you have to be in the queer community to celebrate pride month but really it's just us recognizing everyone recognizing that these are very valuable, you know, community members in our society. And they're, they might be your neighbor, they might be your kids, you know, yeah. they might be anyone that you know. And um, us celebrating and participating in any of the activities that are happening in Pride Month really shows that we care and that um, we support no matter what, we love no matter what, yeah. and that there is, you know, a community out there that, that, will accept you no, no matter, matter what. what yeah yeah that's amazing um so what is the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity that is a that is a very uh that's a very common question that we get a lot and um there's just a, an easy way to think about it sexual orientation is who you like mm -hmm. And gender identity is who you are. So just like we all have cultural identities, right? Like, I'm Tisha Betty. I'm 26. I'm a straight South Asian woman. Yeah. We all have the, that identity. And so just like that, gender identity is I identify as, um, you know, a woman or a man or trans or, yeah. you know, some p people are non-binary where they don't even, you know, want to conform to any of yeah. the gender roles that society has. 
And then sexual orientation is like who you like, you know, sometimes you might like, you, you, you might be lesbian, you might be gay, and sometimes you might not even like anyone, you know, you could be asexual, you might not want to be um, intimate in any way with anyone. And so there are a lot of sexual orientations, and I really highly encourage people to read up on it, because it's just, it's good to know about and to um, have that knowledge just in case somebody comes to you and they say, like, this is who I am. Yeah. And um, one thing to note is these, like, gender identity and sexual orientation are both very fluid. So um, it doesn't mean that you were born a certain way. You can go through life and have experiences where you really truly figure out who you are. Um, and... It, it's very fluid where maybe, you know, for a couple years you thought you may be into uh, men, but then in a couple years later you find out that you're not. And uh, that's why we need to create that space for people to be able to explore and see who they really are and um, be able to love and be themselves in this in this very you know close knit community that we have in Houston, and that's that's amazing, right? Because I have never. It's always been subconscious that I'm South Asian and I'm straight, but like saying out loud when you said that about yourself, it's just something different, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like when you identify yourself or you say that, it, like we've never had to do it. Yeah, you know. I mean, growing up or even. Growing up in India and then moving here, I guess that was never a thought. It's uh, it's honestly crazy. There is this, um, you know, iceberg image that right. we often use, yeah. which is like, here you are, like yeah. above the water is who you present as, right? Okay. That's what society sees you yeah. as. So if I see you, I'm like, yes, South Asian woman yeah. who, you know, has yeah. kids. So I'm yeah. assuming that you have a husband, yes. like all these yeah. things. Right? But then you go under the water and there's this huge chunk of the iceberg Mm -hmm. that isn't visible to the eye. And that's when you come forward and say, hey, this is my cultural identity. This is my gender identity. This is it's as little things like as I think us South Asians are very touchy feely. Right. We we love hugging. We love gathering. Um, even that is like a cultural identity is yeah. like being touchy yeah. because my white best friend is not <laughs> at all. I'm always like, give me yeah. a hug. And she's like, get away from yeah. me. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, as you mentioned, like, I don't think anybody ever thinks yeah, about having that, to say it. Yeah, but then like I have young kids and then I guess for them growing up in this culture, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So like you said, knowledge for me as a parent is important so I can understand what the kids are going through, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, in class, they probably, yeah. I don't know in Texas if that's even no, they, legal I yet. Grade, they, I got a uh, thing, Probably. right, that where they had their sexual education now in seventh grade. Wow, okay. Yes, uh, so because I had the letter I had to sign from uh, That's the health fantastic. teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I don't know what the, I need to find out what did they go through. I'm sure they did not go through this. In stuff. Texas, yeah. it's a little difficult because yeah. our lawmakers, unfortunately, have made so many um, decisions that directly affect like minority groups, such as like yeah. abortion, yes. sexual health care, yeah. um, and even for the LGBTQ community, just making things more difficult, right. um, unfortunately. And um, so 
in schools, I don't know yet yeah, if they're discussing yeah. that. And also... But see, again, I never had to tell him, okay, what, what gay means. Or, mm-hmm. Because I have shied away from that conversation. Yeah. But my second my uh, yeah, second grader already knows what it means. Wow, okay. So it, I mean, it's the older brother. It's what they talk about with their friends. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure the friends are growing up in different family situations. So yeah. it's, it's something that is a part of, I think, the culture and the community now. So even, Absolutely. I guess, as... Asians, we like to put things under the rug and like for me, it Mm -hmm. it was never that, but it was just an uncomfortable kind of situation to talk about. But it's there everywhere now, so you can't really hide from it. If you don't talk to them, they are going to learn from somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like as a parent, if you want to have that conversation and Mm -hmm. be the, you know, a gatekeeper for it, you go ahead and have it because they are definitely learning it. Absolutely. And I think it's like little efforts like, you know, being able to share your pronouns. And I know that's been a very controversial topic in school systems. It's like, why are we allowing young kids to share what their pronouns are? But it's also something that we're seeing more and more in schools is that teachers, it might not be allowed in the district, right? But teachers are allowing on their name tags for kids to be able to write their pronouns. And I think that's also a great gateway into a conversation with your kids is like, oh, do you see somebody who might look a certain way, but identify as a different, you know, identify differently? And if so, this is what it is and what it means, because our it's a harsh fact that um, the LGBTQ community is more prone to bullying, a higher number of suicides. A higher number of anxiety and depression within the group. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's our, our responsibility as community members to create a safe space. Yeah. And especially for younger kids, it's as easy as liking a really rude joke on yeah. Instagram because everyone can see what you're liking. Yeah. And maybe if I'm in the closet and I see my best friend has liked this yeah. really horrible joke, yeah, I might not feel comfortable yeah. telling them who that, yeah. you know, I yeah. am. Yeah. And so it's highly encouraged that we have these conversations and just keep doors as open yeah. as possible. But also, you guys are parents. You guys know best as to how to approach conversations yeah. and at what age. Yeah. We're not saying that you shouldn't talk to your toddler about yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah. But yes. when you feel like it's right to do, yeah. I, it's it's yeah. probably right to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do different intersectionalities affect LGBTQ folk? Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know intersectionality, what it no means... Idea. Um, basically it is your different identities. So it might be your socioeconomic status, the religion that you practice, um, the culture that you're from. Are you able-bodied or disabled? All these different identities that you have and they come in intersections and make up who you are. So once again, I am a younger South Asian straight woman who has a college education. So my intersectionality might fall here compared to somebody maybe back home in India who is younger South Asian straight woman but hasn't had an education called or not been yeah. allowed to. Yeah. So on the scale of who's it, it's it sounds horrible who will be better off in life 
it's yeah it's the one you know exactly and um how you can measure that and so for the lgbtq community um it's it's a common theme that you know like more white caucasian families are more accepting of their children or community members who are queer but think about it for south asian people or the black community or latina community you know it's it's very um all those intersectionalities really place you where you where are they going to be accepted or not and so if you're a disabled queer person who's in the black community i you know you you can already imagine how much more issues how many more issues they might face with their identities as somebody who isn't that you know and so intersectionalities often um affect the LGBTQ community a lot more than we think that it does. Um, They're fighting internal battles as well as external battles. And um, so when we come across somebody, we never know their story, right? They might be out and proud, but we never know what their exact identities are that made them and who that helped them be who they They are are today yeah that's interesting this is such an eye-opening conversation because i mean we live in our bubble so don't even realize you know what people have to go through Mm -hmm. and the different things that impact them right yeah so um why is it important to encourage everyone to support or participate in pride month even if they are not a part of the lgbtq community yeah, I you know, we've touched on this and it's it's showing up as simple as showing up, you know, uh you guys with kids, like how excited do your kids get when you show up to their like dance recital yeah, yeah. or piano recital, just showing up. There's viral videos out where, you know, parents joked around with their children that, "Hey, I won't be able to come to your uh dance recital today, but when you know they're videoing them and the kid finally sees the parents and they become so happy and more confident yeah. that's the same way like us showing up for this community and showing them that we love them and care for yeah. them and will be there for them yeah. it gives them more confidence yeah. and more ability to be who they are and lead by example to other people because you know a lot of the older queer community they're mentors for the younger ones. Yeah. So if we show the older community love, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to better educate the younger community, which overall just creates a safer environment for everyone, yeah. a, a more loving environment, yeah. a more um, healthy, mentally yeah. healthy yeah. environment, and physically as well, yeah. because a lot of sexual education for um, the LGBTQ community is given by the community themselves. Yeah. And so if we show up and we, you know, give resources out as well, like, you know, we we show up to events and Mm -hmm. we say that we serve everyone no matter what. So if somebody in that community, a South Asian, you know, LGBTQ person is experiencing some sort of violence, they might not have to second guess coming to us because yeah. they know we show up yeah. and we have Except, vocally said yeah. we take care yes. of you know we will take care of them yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's about showing up and yeah, sh- you, just being yeah. there. Not let them know that they're like mm-hmm. it's an inclusive environment, right? Yeah. So, um, and I love that beautiful example about the recital. That is so true. It's yeah. as simple as that. You know, just I guess being there. Yeah, exactly. Um, how can we encourage the LGBTQ youth? So uh, I think it all, I, every single one of my answers, I think, is going to start off with, like, showing love. Okay. Um, uh, I think youth LGBTQ communities, uh, they are the most vulnerable because they're at this age where they're trying to navigate all these, like, newfound experiences that they're having. So if they're in school, like high school, they're trying to navigate these hormonal changes, first right. of all, that they're yeah. going through. Yeah. Then the societal stuff that's happening around yeah. them, like, oh, mm-hmm. who likes who, yeah. who's dating who, mm-hmm. the stress of school, yeah. family members, everything, yeah. right? And so showing them love. And um, the biggest component also is education, that if you haven't told somebody what their options are, and I'm saying options, but who yeah. who they could be, yeah. they might not be able to pinpoint it themselves, right, um, initially. And it takes a lot of trial and uh, for us to educate the communities on numerous different topics. So having continued conversations with um, the youth in our community that this is who you this could be somebody around you. This could be you. This could be your brother, your sister, your family members. Um, and continuing to educate them. And by education, showing them compassion and support and love. Because when you educate somebody on something, it, one out of ten might feel like they identify with what you just educated them on. Yeah. And um, really just I... Um, I always share this story, um, you know, about youth. Uh, Last year, we had an event, and uh, we had a lot of South Asian parents join in on this event who have um, kids that are in the LGBTQ community. And I still, this, this, it made me cry when this rainbow mom mentioned she, we asked her, like, how do you, how did you support your child through this transition, through this, like, really, really, like, rocky journey that, you know, most have to go through? And she said, when my child was born, Mm -hmm. I promised and I took an oath to love them no matter Mm -hmm. what. So when my child is strong enough to come forward to me and tell me who they are, I'm, my feelings should not matter it's yeah. it's that still that same child yeah. that same oath that i took yeah. they might just identify differently because as a parent it, it, you feel that right mm-hmm. and for her to be so strong and support her child that's just amazing mm-hmm. and so. so that's the number one way to encourage yes. is to be there yes you know? yes Oh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after our break. Welcome back to Chai Time on 99.5 FM. We are in conversation with Tisha about uh, Pride Month. So Pride Month has taken on a grander form now. Mm-hmm. What purpose does Pride Month have in today's society? Yeah, it. I am so happy to see how 
large the movement has gotten, you know, from a parade that might have had 100, 200 people, now having hundreds of thousands of people gathering in downtown Houston, where the whole community is showing up, business owners are coming, Um, you know, parents are bringing their kids to show them um, that this is, these are you know, very valued community members of ours and us showing up and showing that we're there and uh, that no matter what people say, no matter what these misconceptions are, what the government is saying, that like we care. Houston cares. The community cares. So um, as it's gotten bigger, I think just like all of us, we've become more educated on it, right? Um, When I, as I mentioned earlier, when I wasn't, you know, in high school, I didn't really know about the Pride Parade. And um, when I came to Houston, because it was so big here already, um, I I learned about it. And I, I, I got to know what the history was. And um, now that just the presence of the parade itself is, I think, one of the biggest form of solidarity to the community. And the purpose it serves every year is that the queer community is saying we are here. Mm -hmm. We are going to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're going to be loud and proud about it. We're going to continue being like valued community members. And, um, you know, anyone who wants to join us in this effort can come. Uh, We're honoring those that fought with their lives. Those have passed because of, you know, certain, you know, fights, arguments, uh, violence or suicide, like honoring them as well during this time. So I think the purpose is just to like take that space up, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah, I can see the passion in your face. So that's just amazing that you are such a strong voice and such a strong supporter, which Mm -hmm. Daya is as well, but you as a person, like, you know, you're so passionate about it. So that's amazing to have that, you know. I think it's just, it's about, um, you know, as I mentioned, like, I'm a straight woman. I I might never know what, what? my neighbor who's, you know, in the queer community has yeah. faced. So what I will do every single day in my life is make life a little easier yeah. for some people yeah. and to, to allow, um, you know, allow that love to seep into anyone and everyone in the community yeah. because it, life is already tough enough. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Why are we making it harder Hard. by having hate in our yes, hearts, you know? Yeah, we just need to be there for each other and love. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. What are some misconceptions when it comes to the LGBTQ community? You know, there's a, this is a really tough question because I think – um, it hurts my heart to sometimes talk about the misconceptions that exist. Um, there's very back in the day, people were like, "Oh, like being gay is contagious, so let's let's stay away." You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe their uh, sexual orientation will rub off. Or mm-hmm. nowadays, some people have problems with their like nannies or babysitters being of a certain sexual orientation because they think that they're they're talking to their kids about it and and forcing them to convert you know um also unfortunately because of lack of resources back in the day um hiv is a very big epidemic in Mm -hmm. the gay community right Mm -hmm. and um so one of the misconceptions was that every 
like gay man had HIV, HIV yeah. and people would shun them and yeah. not provide medical care because of the oh. lack of education oh. um, and very alienating behaviors yeah. of the community themselves. Um, I think the biggest misconception is that they're that the queer community isn't just like us like yeah. that they're different from us that yeah. they they are they f function differently yeah. mentally yeah. which i think every individual functions very different <laughs> yeah. mentally yeah. Um, it's not just as any community yeah. does. Like yeah. I know us, we always talk about the experiences that we yeah. have as South Asian yes. women. Yes. And so how is that any different from the experiences that the LGBTQ community is having, you know? Right. Um, and so there, oftentimes there are a lot of misconceptions, whether it's like culturally too. I know in India, it's, it's not as accepted, right? Yes. Um, being of any other identity than straight. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are a lot of rumors that get spread throughout family members, throughout the community, governments, mm -hmm. um, media, just really, they're really um, showing propaganda that like, makes the general public believe in these misconceptions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it, there's a, I always like to also talk about this, there's this thing it's called the cycle of oppression oppression uh-huh okay oppression so uh, like very uh, most of the time minority com communities are oppressed in some way or another and so it begins as a myth right so somebody i whisper in your ear yeah. i tell you a myth yeah. Yeah. you tell all your family yeah. friends and then your family friends uh, are actually in politics so that myth becomes socialized uh. So then the political leader is talking about these myths and then there's a whole community that's listening to them. Right. So then the myth turns into socialization where media is showing yeah. all these myths too. Right. Then it becomes internalized where the group that's being imp op oppressed yeah. is saying, maybe I am those things. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I am those things. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of continues. Um, yeah. And then the last step is where society just treats them differently. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how um, oppression began for women in general, is yeah. that there were myths that were weaker, yeah. were this, were that. And yeah. it became so socialized yeah. that vast majority of the world believed that mm -hmm. until we came in and yeah. we were like, yeah. no, we're not. Yeah, yeah. people who fought <laughs> yeah. for it, yes. And so um, that's that's how, like, a lot of the misconceptions really do directly affect yeah. the minority community as well, too. Yeah, so, so it's so important to be, like, articulate well, right? Mm -hmm. And not just, if you don't know, then, like, we've always learned to keep your mouth shut. But that doesn't happen, no. right? And then that really becomes such a big circle. Like, you don't realize what your, your words have mm -hmm. power. So let's use it, I think, in a, in a good yeah. way. You know. And it it's as it could be as little as once again reposting a story on Instagram or Facebook. You know, um, if you don't know that it comes from a valid, trusted yes, source, yes. Um, first of all, you shouldn't be reposting hateful things. But yeah. make sure that if you're reading and believing anything, that there is like that it's coming from yeah. a trusted yeah, source and friend. not like. Yes an op-ed from yeah. somewhere <laughs> because yeah especially i think uh, a lot of times nowadays news outlets have become for more entertainment purposes than actually giving proper yes, news yeah. 
And so they're they're going to pick certain topics that are like that are cool yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And so it's really important to know when to like step away from a lot of this like information that's being thrown towards you yeah. to like reflect on it and be like, do I really believe what that news anchor just said? Yes. And absolutely. to use your own brain sometimes yeah. Yeah, because you might be the catalyst to them. changing your future generations mm-hmm. um, for yeah. not being hateful towards yeah, something. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in the same sense, what are some misconceptions when it comes to the South Asian LGBTQ? I see plus here. So do you say LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many ways to refer to the queer community. <laughs> okay. uh, there are tons of identities. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is there a dance yeah, break now? <laughs> uh, uh, but okay, so what are the misconceptions about the South, South Asian uh, LGBTQ plus community yes. is that, first of all, that they don't exist. Yeah, I believe that. Um, South Asian people. Because I heard parents say that it just, no, it, yeah. no, it's not there. I'm like, oh. Yeah, and so people are like refuse to even believe yes, that yeah. the you know queer community and like South Asian yeah. queer community exists. Yeah. Then the second misconception is that it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. That they're seeing things on social media, they're talking to kids at school, yeah. they're talking to other, you know, folks that are in the queer community, mm-hmm. and so that's why they feel like they are this way as well. Yeah. So, uh this is when the horrifying like conversion therapy sort of begins and all of these things. I've heard that, you know, a lot of South Asian Desi parents have sent their kids off to like you know, religious camps mm-hmm. over the summer where yeah, a pundit, yeah, where a pundit will be like, you're not actually gay. Like, you know, let's, let's like talk about, much. yeah, horrifying, yes. horrifying things. So a lot of people still think it's a phase. Okay. And, you know, sometimes as we talked about earlier, it's, it's very fluid. So you might yeah. feel a certain way for a couple years and then yeah. maybe you f- feel yeah. differently. Yeah. But that is one of the largest misconceptions is that it like South Asian LGBTQ people do not exist. But what I've learned working at Daya for the last, um, you know, couple of years is that such a large loving community does exist um, in Houston. Mm -hmm. And these people um, are working towards debunking these myths and these misconceptions that, um, you know, the... South Asian queer community, it doesn't, one of those things is it doesn't exist. And then the second thing is that there aren't a lot of, um, articulating this right now is so, it's such a passionate topic that I, um, I guess I'll come back to it if I can (laughs) think of it. There's so many things going on in my brain. But also the uh, one of the last things about misconceptions in the LGBTQ community, queer community, South Asian queer community, is that violence doesn't exist in that community as well. Um, And so that's where sort of Daya comes in with our lens of um, really educating the public on the fact that domestic violence in queer communities exists at a higher rate almost really? than normal heterosexual couples. So and where does the violence come from? From the family or from the Yeah. Partner? So there's a lot of family violence. Um, that's where it usually oh. begins. 
um, is parents yeah. sort of saying certain things to their children, yeah. uh, community members shunning them, not allowing them to come to their religious centers and stuff. And then um, that's when that kind of behavior gets internalized. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they get into an unhealthy relationship with mm-hmm. another person, uh, that violence is often accepted. And um, really terrible fact is that the LGBTQ community really doesn't come forward with telling people about their abuse for two reasons. Um, they don't know what resources exist for them yeah. in the community or they feel like it's not it's not a right fit for them, yeah. especially for South Asian people going yeah. to maybe a center which isn't for South Asian yeah. people, they might not feel as comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is that a lot of the South Asian and, um, and any queer person, mm-hmm. they feel like if they come forward with their abuse and educate, uh, or not educate, and tell everyone about it, that it might make the community feel terribly about that mm-hmm. certain community, right? Yeah. Like if I tell the world that, you know, mm-hmm. my gay partner is abusing me, yeah. that might make the Houston society yeah. think more yeah. poorly of the queer community. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just talking about misconceptions, that's one of the misconceptions that you know, the queer community has about themselves and the people around them. Yeah. I'm glad they have someone like Daya to support them in the in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. And then clear out what thoughts and all the misconceptions that they have. Absolutely. Um, so how can we become an ally? Uh, yeah, I think it all begins with, um, I think we're all allies who are still listening to the show, yes. you two who are here, because educating yourself is the first step to becoming an ally for yeah. anyone, whether, yeah. um, you know, we talk a lot about domestic violence in our yeah. other shows. Educating uh, increases your own knowledge and helps you understand the internal, like, biases that you might have, right? Yeah. Um you, we're all humans. We're born with, you know, certain tendencies and growing up, what's told to us, we often believe it. So whether it's your parents, your family members, society. So we internalize all of that. And we might not think that we have any biases against people, but sometimes you might look at certain things and think a certain way, but then you educate yourself and yeah. you help you reflect on that and you say, what, when did I learn that? Yes. And is that even a yeah. fact? Yeah. And so helping yourself get rid of those implicit biases, first step to becoming an ally, right? Then sort of talking about it with your family, with your neighbors, with your community members where, you know, I learned about the LGBTQ plus community today. And did you know that this is how pride started? Opening up those conversations and um, really helping educate others after you educate yourself. And then the third is showing up. Once again, it's yeah. it's you know you you don't have to be of a certain identity or orientation to show up and show love to the yeah. community. Yeah. Um, you know, giving giving back to you know centers that sort of help the LGBTQ yeah. plus community, providing them with resources. There are a lot of free clinics that provide free STD testing for the LGBTQ plus community. They're always in need of funds because yeah. they're doing this for free. Yeah. So uh, educating, 
yourself educating others showing up and like giving back those are the best ways you can really be an ally awesome how can we build an atmosphere of inclusion regardless of our personal or religious views it it, very similar right um all the things that i just mentioned uh really just opening up space like y'all have opened up this platform to us to talk about such an important topic And you're really, we might all have different opinions on topics, but opening up the space really brings in inclusivity of different opinions and different education, uh, you know, educational points and different just uh, life experiences. I hear from y'all about being parents and what y'all have been through. And then I, you know, can share. Maybe yeah. So yeah, we get to learn where our kids are going to be, right? College yeah. And career path. So and so, really, yeah. just opening up the doors for conversations. conversations. That is so yeah. important. How is Daya working towards supporting the LGBTQ community? Yeah, um, great question. So we are really tailoring a lot of our education to the youth. So when I'm going into schools, um, I'm always mindful that. You know, there might be kids of very different identities in front of me. So making sure that our presentations and trainings and toolkits are applicable to all. So when I talk about sex with, you know, any kids, I don't only talk about the sex that is usually talked about. I I mention it in any capacity, whatever capacity that you would like to participate or relationships. Uh, We use very inclusive terminology. It's never like him or her. It's always like the person, you know, because we never want to exclude any sort of identity. Um, We are, uh, you know, hosting a lot of events where folks can come in and join in and talk about their South Asian, like LGBTQ plus experience. We're partnering with organizations in Houston that, um, you know, really, really work towards supporting the LGBTQ plus community. And one of the other things is we're, you know, we're educating the public thanks to y'all and really being there to um, give more information because we, one thing we love is that when people actually come to us with questions, because I think a lot of people fear that we might think that they're in some ways homophobic or whatnot. But when you come to us with questions, and if we have the opportunity to answer those questions, that's already showing us that like you community members care yeah. and that we can do a lot more to educate and keep yeah. our community safe. Yes. And so um, just, I, you know, that's what we're doing. And we're continuing to sort of expand our trainings to meet all identities. And um, hopefully yeah. with, you know, the help of y'all, we'll have more supporters who want to learn more yeah. as yes, well. Yeah. Absolutely. How are, how are you planning on celebrating Pride this year? Ooh, I, okay, so I will, unfortunately, I feel like every year something happens where I can't go to the Pride Parade, Uh, so this year I'll actually be in India, but uh, what I do know is I will be supporting a lot of small local, uh, small, local small businesses that are LGBTQ plus owned. Um, Studies have shown that if people do find out that business owners are of a certain orientation or identity that folks will stop supporting them Mm -hmm. in a similar way where like 
wheels we might not go to a shop where a, the owner is racist right yes, yes. um unfortunately on the flip side a lot yeah. of people have that thought process yeah. about the lgbtq yeah. plus community um and so i'll be supporting a lot that way um really spending time educating the public on um, the knowledge that I know and continue to educate myself as well, uh, really show my 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 queer friends a lot of love. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always try to be there all year long, but this month is just <laughs> going to be a little more love. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think uh, that that's my plan. What are yeah. y'all's plans? Huh. And we just learned about it, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to make plans yeah. for sure. And then any cool events to look out for? You you were just saying the summer was a yeah. bit slow for y'all. Yeah, so uh, at Daya, we are always uh, wanting to do webinars yeah. and trainings, but we also understand that summer is such a busy time for everyone. Yes. Like, kids are home. Yeah. Parents don't want to, yeah. like, <laughs> join in on a webinar yeah. when they have to sort yeah. of take care yeah. of kids. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're being mindful of that this year. But um, cool events overall. The parade is happening. I believe it's the last Saturday of June. Okay. And um, I think it's a great opportunity for uh, if you've been before, please do go back. And if you've never been, it is one of the most ex- amazing experiences to see so much color in the community like I have never seen as many rainbows in my life (laughs) as I have when I've gone to the parade Um, and it's a really cool opportunity like a lot of uh, organizations around Houston show up and they'll have little booths so you can take your kids and get face painting done show them all the cool events that are happening Um, I do know that in the morning is when the festival sort of happens and then the parade begins um, yeah, but the streets become flooded with people and it's beautiful. Just like awesome. the Astros parade. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that, but like yeah. a little larger yeah. and way colorful. more colorful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. so if they wanted information or if they want to get in touch with Daya, you want to share? Yeah. That? And so, um, if you wanted more information on the pride parade, you can, uh, obviously Googling is probably yeah. your best bet. Yeah. It'll show you the routes what you can take. You can actually park and take the metro trains over to the festival so you don't have to worry yeah. about it. But uh, one you know, thing that I would like to say is that we at Daya are always here for the community. And, um, you know, getting in touch with us is as simple as calling our, you know, confidential helpline number. So if you are experiencing any type of abuse, whether it's family, you know, family violence, intimate partner violence, um, psychological abuse. We're always here, um, you know, calling our helpline, go, visiting us at, you know, www.diahouston.org. You can even shoot us an email yeah. if you don't, you know, yeah. feel comfortable yeah. calling. And um, you can learn more about us right now. We have this really cool thing uh, to launch our uh, gala this year. Oh, okay. Um, we're sharing survivor stories on our website. So uh, we've had four survivor stories gone out already. And um, they're so wonderful to read. It really shares, it shows the community how domestic violence has affected a person, but also how organizations like Daya, and there's tons of organizations in Houston um, that deal with domestic violence, that how we can help others who are going through abuse um, with the help of you community members, you know, Mm -hmm. donating, giving back your, uh, whether that's volunteer time, monetary, you know, money or platforms. 
And so uh, you can learn more on there. Wow. But uh, just wanted to, I guess I could end off by saying that, you know, happy Pride Month. And that is an avid supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. And we're always our doors are always open to anyone who comes knocking. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is this was such an eye-opener conversation for me and I'm sure for the community as well. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate you taking the time and speaking in such an easy manner and easy to understand, right? Yeah. So um, thank you. 